Howdy, partners. Welcome to Howdy Wowdy. And thanks for downloading this latest episode of How to Wow with the incredibly cool firecracker that is Lisa Bilyeu. Lisa is a Brit who moved to Los Angeles 20 years ago, met her husband, Tom Bilyeu, and together founded and created the billion-dollar Quest Nutrition Protein Bar Company. Her brand-new book, Radical Confidence, 10 No BS Lessons on Becoming the Hero of Your Own Life, is out now. And in a moment, she'll be in your ears to tell us and share all about it. But first, every morning, Tash, my wife and I go scoop da loop with one heap scoopful of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy, recovery, immunity and digestion. Deep seaweed green, like nature itself. This eye candy concoction takes just a few seconds, like no more than five or six. Okay, ten tops. To prepare and taste absolutely gorgeous. And so here's how you can get yours. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash how to wow and join health experts, athletes and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash how to wow. Okay, and don't forget slash how to wow because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given how to wow listeners. A free year's supply of vitamin D and five travel free packs today to take with you on the go. Once again, Athletic greens.com slash don't forget how to wow all right thank you ag now let's cue over 25 minutes of killer confidence conversational hacks from the oh so lovable likable affable irrepressible lisa bilyeu uh, how are you, Lisa? I'm good, Chris. This is so surreal for me. Tell us why. Come on. Oh, come on. I grew up listening to you. you oh, joking? my goodness, me. Cause, so is... you, you're based in LA now. Uh, you married an American chap. Uh, you've been there for a long, long time. Obviously, you have family here, big connection here. You went to university here. And I bre- believe Marie Folio said you've got to get on this show. Is that right? Oh, man. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, this book is fantastic. Radical Confidence 10. No BS lessons on becoming the hero of your own life by the lady in front of us now, Lisa Bilyeu. So uh, let's cut to the chase we've got half an hour we've got 25 minutes so let's really go for it here we go let's do it um let's hit the ground running tell us all first of all engage people with, with this this amazing company that you and your hubby and his pals co-founded it's a protein bar company it's, it's these little bars um <laughs> that started off in your kitchen you started you were the, you were the packing department of one and then it, you went on to sell the company for like a gazillion dollars just tell us about that first of all yeah absolutely so i was a very traditional greek wife for eight years and i was supporting my husband putting clothes out for him cooking for him and then he him and his business partners had the crazy idea to start a protein bar company and as a really traditional greek wife i was like oh babe how can i help you i'll support you of course i can ship a couple of boxes that shouldn't be too difficult what i didn't realize is that the company would grow at fifty-seven thousand percent and so that literally takes you from shipping bars one day to a year later you're just growing so quickly you have your own facility and so each every step of the way i had zero idea what i was doing i was completely clueless but our house was up for collateral. So in those moments where it's like you don't know what you're doing, you've got the obstacle, that voice in your head is saying, stop doing it. You don't know what you're doing. You're no good. Like that negative voice. I didn't have the luxury to listen. I just had to keep moving forward because our house was up for collateral. And so before you know it, I've got a facility of 10,000 square feet, 40 employees underneath me. And I'm just learning every step of the way. 
Well, you said, you, sorry, you said before, you know, but it did take a few years, you know, and you literally had zip all and less than zip all for a while, as, as your hubby said, we need to, to sort of um, and put the house at risk, the ranch, as it were. Yeah. And it was an apartment, wasn't it? It was a little house. A little it, house. We just okay. bought the house, yeah. All right. And um, so but before that, you found yourself stuck. You and he had hopes and dreams of making movies. You were both into movies. You wanted to move, be, be in movies ever since you were little and make, direct them, write them. And yeah. he started writing a screenplay. And then you think, well, we, you thought we need some money. Um, and then you say you supported him for eight years, but you found yourself stuck. Uh, so that, and that's in the book. You, you thought, hang on a minute, I'm stuck. How did I get stuck? Yeah. Then you become really successful, uh, and you find yourself stuck. You find yourself stuck again. Yeah. So I don't know who, anyone who's listening, but like, there's I call it the purgatory of the mundane, where I didn't hit rock bottom. So many people, so many successful people I know hit rock bottom, and it's in hitting the rock bottom that jolts them into action. Because you're kind of thinking. I've really got nothing else to lose, so I might as well go for it. But what about the millions of us that don't hit rock bottom where our life is just fine? It's just all right. And so that's where I was, which never forced me to make a change. It never propelled me to ask for a different life, even though I wasn't living that actual dream. And so, um, you know, I think that for me is I got tied up in an identity of being a good Greek wife. And here's what happens is that we get validation for the things that we do. And so I was getting the pats on the back and the external validation from all of my Greek family that was like, she's just such a great Greek wife. From my husband, <laughs> it was like, thank you, you take such great care of me. And so, so many of us, I think, get stuck with the validation because if I was to change and I fail at whatever I'm about to do, what, where am I going to get the validation from? So I think that that keeps so many of us stuck in making a change in our lives because we're wondering where we're going to feel good about ourselves. And what I realized was over the, the course of my journey is that I need to validate myself. And so it's a chapter in my book called Validation is for Parking <laughs> because it's like we so focus on getting validation from external sources. And so that chapter very specifically is how do you create validation within yourself so that you're not seeking for outside people to give that pat on the back. Uh, the chapters are fantastic. So there are 10. You say there are 10, but there are 11 in the end, aren't there? There's a, there's the, a bonus 11. There's a the bonus, end. yeah. Okay. Uh, making your mind up and making up your mindset. Now, yeah. your, your hubby was very early on this bus, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and uh, tell us about you and mindset. Mindset's so important, I think. And also, if you have the right mindset um, in the beginning, it makes so many decisions for you. You don't have to then exhaust yourself wondering whether to turn left or right. Yeah, exactly. So fixed mindset is the person that says, I can't do that. That's impossible. Now, what happens is that echoes your actions. So if you think something's not possible, guess what? You're not going to even give it a shot. But if you're the type of person that has a growth mindset, that means who you are today doesn't dictate who the, who you can become. So, for instance, if some if you came to me today and you were like, "All right, Lisa, we want you to do X, Y, and Z," I'm like, "I have no idea how to do that." But you know what, Chris, I will figure it out. And just by changing the idea of something being impossible to "I will figure it out," propels me to take action. And it's that action that then eventually leads to hopefully the dream or the life that you actually want. So you tell this story about figuring things out, you know, uh, from the off. And um, they do say leaders fix things and figure things out. And, you know, um, uh, other people... Uh 
tend to make program, uh, uh, problems bigger and deeper and more dramatic because it means they then have a better reason, A, not to deal with them or B, mm-hmm. to fail having pretended or, or sort of half tried to deal with them. You also, there's a great quote in your book, which I love. You know, if, if you big up somebody else and you say that, you know, that this person is amazing, they're like a superhuman, then that that's fine. But you can't do that in order to then get out of them becoming any good yourself yeah one of the most impactful quotes that I ever heard I was in front of um, a woman called Lisa Nichols incredible motivational speaker and at the time my husband was interviewing her and I was executive producing and I was in the audience in the back and she's just like she's just saying so amazing things and everyone in the audience is crying and I'm like wow this woman is so amazing I could never do that this woman is so amazing I could never do that and as these this thought is going in my head she turns around and she's like stop making me extraordinary to let your self off the hook i think that is fantastic and i was like oh right it's like we can we use the excuse right that oh chris evans is a special talent so there's no way i can even do it now what you're doing is you're self-sabotaging you're literally telling yourself well you shouldn't even bother trying because you're not talented like them and what that does it gives you a reason it lets you off the hook for even trying, yeah, you, right? Well, there's a, there's a section in the book, you sabotage your self-sabotage. Yeah, That's the way forward. Exactly. So give us some hacks on that. Then. Yeah, so really it's just calling yourself in your own stuff. So it's like, oh, I can't do that. Okay, well, let's actually break it down. You may not be able to now, but what are the things that you think are getting in your way? And to once you call yourself in your own stuff, it's like it becomes difficult to give yourself that excuse that that out and that's the thing with self-sabotage is sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it you're doing it to self-soothe yourself to protect yourself and so by just asking yourself questions and calling yourself out on your own excuses gives you to me the beautiful truth and once you have the truth now you can just act in accordance because if you hear the truth and you're like I actually don't want to do that I don't want to be on the radio for 30 years to get as good as Chris all right great but now you know now you're not beating yourself up over the fact that you're not a good radio host like Chris it's so funny um, because you talk about. I listened to your podcast with your husband on the way Thank in today. You. So I read your book yesterday, and I. So, so Tom does a podcast, and he's been in it for years. He has now like over nine hundred episodes of this podcast. Yeah, he? he does. Yeah. Okay, yeah, what's the yeah. name of the podcast? Impact Theory. Impact Theory, and yeah. you're a co-founder, you're president of Impact Theory. I am, too. and I have my own show called Women of Impact. You do indeed. Um, but, Listening to Tom, having listened to him before as a guest and also as a host on his own podcast, mm-hmm. as a guest on other people's podcasts, it was so interesting listening to him interview you because he treated you like a guest. Yeah, he did. And it was so funny. It was quite formal. Um, and the intro was quite formal. And uh, and then like five, six minutes in, he sort of has to acquiesce. Of course you're married. <laughs> um, and it was, such, it was such an interesting listen. But you talk about how fantastic he is on stage and in front of people. Mm. and all these different speaking eg- engagement that he seemed he seems so sort of natural to, to take to but of course it's never that easy not mm. even for him and he's blimmin good i gotta say and so you made a deal with yourself didn't you because he said look it's fine you don't have to go on stage lisa you don't have to speak in front of people as long as you um you know you, you admit to yourself mm-hmm. that that is you, you you agreeing not to be as impactful as you can yeah and you went oh what you say that for? Uh, what happened next? Yeah, so really it's about, okay, someone says what their goal is and then you see the person not actually act in accordance to what they say they want. Mm-hmm. And so to me, when you have a partner, they should be honest with you, transparent. And so there was no judgment in his voice. He was literally like, babe, you, you have the life you want. That's fine. But just, exactly. But just so you know, right now, you're saying you want to impact and then you keep saying no to speaking gigs. You really need to think through that. So what I did is I was like, okay, he's actually right. So why am I saying no? It's because I'm scared. 
scared. I'm petrified to get on stage. And so in that moment, it hit me. Oh, so the scared part, the voice in the head is like, Lisa, don't get on stage. You're going to bomb. Don't get on stage. Is the ego, right? The ego is trying to protect me. The ego doesn't want me to be embarrassed. So it's telling me not to do it. And in that moment, I was like, this is the most beautiful thing. I've just realized I have to choose between my goal and my ego. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my goal's way more important than my ego. So that allowed me to make the decision, right? Because that's the hard thing is like, just decide yep. and then take the steps. So then I re- lay out in the chapter of how I've then decided to get on stage, but I'm still petrified. Yep. So how the hell do I get on stage? And so it becomes these stepping stones of number one, you tell your team to say yes without asking you. So that was how I agreed to my first uh, speaking right good. now, you made a deal with yourself. Sorry, I've just got to check you there Please, one second. Yeah. So, so Lisa made a deal with herself because she, she had experienced uh, different invites uh, to speak at different things. She'd always said no because she was too nervous. And she made this decision and she said, okay, the next engagement I'm invited to speak at, I will accept. Thinking, hoping, thinking, <laughs> slash hoping, it would be a local school. You know, a parents' evening. Yeah. Come and tell us how it is for women in business. But the next request that came in was from Ted. Yeah, it was TEDx. <laughs> and you had to say yes. Yeah, I mean, look, when you make a commitment to yourself and you make a promise to yourself, yeah. you've got to keep them. Because if you can't even <laughs> rely on yourself, who can you rely on? Right. So I was like, oh, damn it. Like, what am I going to do now? Um, and so then it became a whole stepping stone of, okay, well, now you've said yes. How do you actually get on stage? What mm-hmm. are the tools you're going to use? Because the fear is very real. But I know that I can't let that dictate my life. I've already done that. I've made a decision not to let it. So now how am I... Oh, actually going to do and that's really what I talk about in the book is I don't judge myself for being scared for having the fear for having the imposter syndrome I don't judge myself for it I just accept it and say okay this is who you are but you're not going to let that stop you right so what are you going to do to not let that stop you and so that is there where I become a whole I have like all tips and tools of how I actually show up so like right here right now I've actually got a pair of socks on that I did to motivate myself to come on the Chris Evans show and it says can I take my shoe off? Sure, go oh, ahead. I'm going to take my shoe off and just show you. This is my little subliminal motivation that okay. I have. So I've got socks that says she believes she could, so she did. <laughs> now, I put these socks on especially for you, Chris. You're so, you're so brilliant because you're so... <laughs> You're so vulnerable slash confident. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, um, Brené Brown going on here as well, isn't there? You know, daring greatly. Yeah. Um, And you're coming across, you're fizzing on the radio. But I know because I've read your book and I've listened to you being interviewed by your husband um, (laughs) that even when asked to write this book a year ago, you said, but I haven't got anything to teach anyone. Yeah, so I got got an offer. And my husband comes in, he's like, babe, you can't, I can't believe it. You've got a book offer. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And I was so, he's like, why are you being so nonchalant about it? And I was like, well, babe, who would buy a book from me? And in that moment, Chris, I just realized, oh, the insecure 14-year-old girl in me that got bullied, that got teased for her looks when she was a kid, she's never gone. And instead of judging myself for it, now I just go, oh, bless, the 14-year-old is still there. It's okay. I know that you don't have to be great at anything. You don't have to have the confidence to get started. You have to be the learner. You have to go in very humble and just ask a ton of questions and figure it out going back to how where we started right a quest is like do you believe you can figure it out yes or no and so with the book I was like oh I have no idea how to write a book so actually why would I have confidence and I gave myself the radical confidence which means that oh I don't know how to write a book but I'm going to go in and I'm going to learn what I love about uh, the whole the sort of the, the the 
the arc so far of your story is that you were such a fan of movies as yeah. a kid, yeah. right? And movies are all about telling stories. And the way, mm. you know, the way you tell a story is by breaking the message down that you want to get across and you begin, you know, with an opening scene or an opening paragraph, you know, or an opening sentence even, if you like. And that's your, that's your theory now. Yeah. That's how you do it now, isn't it? You break everything down into almost a screenplay. Yeah. A, a scene structure and you go, okay, if this were a story, how would I tell it? Okay, now I know how to tell it. Why don't I just act it out? Why don't I live it? Because I know that if I've if I've got my story laid out in front of me, then it's going to be okay. People might not like it, mm-hmm. but I will have something to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. And when you've got the screenplay, right, there's no room for emotions. It's like, what do you say? What does that person say? And so for me, I use the screenplay analogy also to improve myself. So let's say, for instance, I, um, I'm in a discussion or something, you're in business, and let's say someone triggers you. We've all been in that situation where you're in meetings and you maybe get triggered over something. So people ask me, how do you stop getting triggered? And I'm like, I can't prevent the past, but I take the past as my screenplay. And so what I do is I start writing out what happened in that conversation, but it's not how I feel. It's just what people said. Then I rewrite the screenplay, knowing now my triggers and the flags that were warned that I was getting escalated with that trigger. And then it goes to, now you have the power to rewrite the screenplay so that next time you get triggered and you show up, you know how to show up. You've got the screenplay handy and now you act out the way you wish you had acted out last time. Yeah, I love it so much. I love the fact that your book is a memoir as well as, um, you know, a sort of handbook, a playbook. Was that always your intention? Um, I'm back to storytelling. I love storytelling. They so resonate with me more than just do this and do that. So to me, it was very important to give tactics and tools because people used to look at me and they're like, oh my God, Lisa, you're so confident. Where'd you get your confidence from? And Chris, I'm like, who the hell are they talking to? Because if you heard how negative the voice in my head is, you would never think I was confident. So what it is, is oh, they, they, I'm radically confident. It means I don't feel good about myself. I don't know what I'm doing, but best. I figure it out. It's one of the best messages ever because I feel exactly the same way. (laughs) And people would never believe it, Chris. They would look at you and go, of course you're confident. We have serial insecurities. Yes, we do. And that's (laughs) That's okay. Right, that's the thing is that we do. We have to tool up (laughs) because we need it, don't we? We can't go in there without without a holster. It's so true. We need some ammunition, man. Yeah. Because we got nothing otherwise. (laughs) And that's radical confidence. Yeah, man. It's so good. It's so good. Now, let's get back to the protein bar, which is fascinating. Yeah, let's do it how where where did the protein bar thing come from because it wasn't the first um, business idea your hubby had with his pals because they were they were teching first of yeah. all weren't they what, what give us the protein bar uh, uh, sort of origin story yeah absolutely so my husband we were wanted to make movies both of us had experience on film sets they were absolutely terrible i had an actor throw a matchbox at me and i was like this isn't the dream that i actually thought it was going to be so my husband was like oh well babe if we actually finance it ourselves we control the resources we can control the art and now we're not in a situation when we feel disrespected. So we're like, oh, it shouldn't be too difficult. How hard is making money? Um, and so he goes off and he's like, all right, he's going to go to work every day. And I decided we just had a um, interview with Steve Jobs. And he said he never thinks about what he wears, which is why he always wears black on top and jeans, because you only have a certain amount of decision making you make can make in a day yeah. with clarity. So that was how I ended up staying at home. I said, oh, babe, I'll support you. I'll do everything outside the business. I'll do it for about a year year and a half shouldn't be be too difficult but of course like so many of us we sacrifice and we say it's just a year 
and then we sacrifice again. And it's like, well, it's just another year. Yeah. And you end up sacrificing for everybody else, everything else except for yourself. And so what ended up happening after eight years, both me and my husband were utterly miserable. Yeah. Not a surprise, right? Because when you end up just chasing money, it's it's empty. And so in that moment, it's like, I don't, I'm no longer happy. We are um, not loving what we're doing. Let's just actually start a company and do something that's predicated on passion, predicated on something. If I don't succeed, I still love my life. Yeah. And what would that look like? Now, my husband and his business partners, for the different reasons, chose a protein bar. His other business partners, one was like a fitness fanatic. He was like a bodybuilder. The other person was like obsessed with nutrition. And my husband comes from a morbidly obese family. And so for him, his mission was to help his mum and his sister. It's like uh, Mother Teresa says, no, I think said, like, no one will fight for the masses, but everybody will fight for the one. So who is that one in your life? So my husband was fighting for his mum and his sister. And so as the true traditional Greek wife, because I'd been a housewife for eight years, I jumped in. I was like, how can I help, babe? Now, because we grew up 57,000%, no one expected it because no one thought that protein bar could be made. We literally got experts telling us, oh, we need another protein bar like we need a hole in the head. At the time, there was like 1,500 bars on the market. Yeah, they it all tasted like sawdust. So, yeah, it was like a dying um, category. Yeah, it's a good idea, but it wasn't going to play. Yeah, and everyone said it's not po- It's not possible. It's impossible. It's impossible. And we just didn't listen. And so what happened was every time we faced an obstacle where a machine broke because we couldn't process the bars through the machine, it's like, oh, well, how do we figure this out? Because all of our the business partners and us, we all had our house up for collateral. So we didn't just ex- accept no or impossible as an answer. Right, and a big, a big uh, tipping point for you was the Justin Bieber story. Which is <laughs> such a, there's so many great stories. I mean, don't get me Thank wrong. You. It is all, all about how to sort of increase and develop your own confidence. 10 No BS Lessons on Becoming the Hero of Your Own Life by Lisa Billy. Radical Confidence. But there are some great stories in there. Um, back in the, you know, sort of fledgling days of Instagram, you were told about Instagram, this thing you hadn't even, couldn't even recognise the name. Insta, what was yeah. it? How long is this going to be around for? Is it going to be another MySpace? Is it going to be another whatever? Why We've got to send some, some quest bars to Justin Bieber. Where? Why? Um, tell us more. Yeah, so given context, everything I've just said I've stayed at home wife for eight years my background was filmmaking I now have grown into um, helping Quest build our shipping department and all of a sudden one of the social media managers comes running up to me he's like Lisa we've got a chance to actually get bars to Justin Bieber and I was like great let's do it and he's like but there's a catch it's like um, he's going to be in Dubai it's like a 36 hour turnaround and at the time it was like food product in Dubai was basically impossible and so I, I was like alright let's just figure it out so I call up our UPS manager and he's like no it's not possible now in that moment I could have listened to him or in that moment I could have said well it's not his company no one's going to fight for your dream more than you will period and that was when I realized oh this is actually true I have to fight for it if I want to see the results and because it was such a big stake Justin Bieber could have changed the business overnight I was like I have to at least try I have to go all in and accept that failure is a possibility that I may fall on my face that I may make mistakes but at least I tried and that's where the radical confidence comes I used to be the person that didn't have the confidence to even say let me try but radical confidence means I'm just going to give it a shot and so I went in and I was like all right well you're not clearly not going to help can I speak to you 
your manager. He comes and he's like, well, you're clearly not going to help. Can I speak to your supervisor? And eventually I just started reading um, imports and exports myself online because I had no idea what I was doing. So I was just reading. And the clock's ticking because it's 30, yeah. there's a 36-hour yeah, deadline yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, So I was like, oh, I'm just going to overpay. I'm going to fill in more forms than I probably need to. I'm going to call the manager. I'm going to tell him to call Dubai's UPS. I'm going to give them my email, my phone number, so they can call me anytime if there's a problem at two in the morning. And I and so eventually the bars actually got there on time, even though Justin Bieber didn't post about us. But the good news was I learned that lesson. Yeah. That no one's going to fight for your dream more than you will. Okay. And do you freaking show up every day to fight for that dream? All right. So the bars to Bieber story is one thing. Uh, but then um, you didn't have to... Uh you didn't have to sort of uh, seduce uh, and bewitch uh, the likes of the Kardashians and Oprah Winfrey and um, Michelle Obama, who were then seen on Instagram with boxes of your bars. Yeah, Is that right? So you had Khloe Kardashian was walking outside of a gym and that was like, as we started to get bigger, that started to be a great um, sign that people were starting to like the product. Ryan Seacrest was posting about us. Hillary Clinton wrote Just about because. us. Just because? Just yeah, because they loved because, what you did. Yeah, because the product really did break what people thought of as pro- what protein bars were. Right. And because people could take them on with them and they tasted amazing, mm. people were like, there's not a product out there like it. And so obviously since then, multiple uh, protein bars have come out because they realized it was done, right? You just need that one person, that um, one, you know, company to show what is possible. It's like the, the four-minute mile, or, or, you know, where, yeah, the per- where the person, you know, uh, what's his name? Roger Bannister, yeah, yeah. where he was a new neurologist he wasn't even an athlete yeah. and people were told that the four minute mark it cannot be run in less than a minute or four minutes and so he just believed he could he was a neurologist so he's like well hang on a minute if i believe i can maybe i can and he did it and then i think it was chris 64 days later the yeah. record got broken again and it was again it's like el cap so uh, the first person to climb up el cap in yosemite, mm. yosemite took a year to do it they climbed for a year. The second person took a day. Oh my god! And I before love the that. person climbed climbed it in a year, and said, "This can't be done." Well, he did it in a year, and the next guy says, "I think I'd probably do it a bit quicker." Did yeah. it in a day, and now you can do it in ninety minutes without ropes. Anyway, oh, this is all great, Lisa. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> oh, um, uh, there's there's a story about the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> which is which is not for breakfast radio, but it's some story uh, to celebrate the anniversary of your first ever meal with your hubby out. A Chinese meal. It wasn't the. It's not. It wasn't your wedding anniversary, but it's literally the anniversary of your first ever dinner date. Yeah. He took you to the Beverly Hills show, um, and you just have to. Re- you have to buy the book for the story alone. Okay. <laughs> Once again, it's called. Right. You can't even mention anything to do with that story on this show. I don't think so. Anyway. I know. Yeah. I don't think you guys were allowed to say half of it. I don't even know how we would begin to tell that but story. But can Any- I actually say, Chris, what's yes. crazy is this yes. was the story that I held on to. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. Mm. I didn't tell a damn. Not soul. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> until I wrote it in the book. And you, you know what? Chris, you know yeah. how many women have come up to me and say, Lisa, that happened to me. Happened to me it too. happened to you too. To See, too. Chris is saying it. But here's what's amazing. Yeah. I had so much, I literally had to like coach myself into writing the story. I think and it's now happened everyone, to like loads of people. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> but no one wants to admit it. But you did. I you, did. You, you, you said it so we didn't have to, but now we can. <laughs> it's like the four minute mile. You, yes. you, you've broken the ceiling for us all. <laughs> we can all talk about our very own Beverly Wilshire moment. Beverly Wilshire Hotel. If you don't, you've got to read the story. It's unbelievable. Mm. Uh, what else can we say before you go? Oh, the, the moment... We've only got a minute left, but the 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 moment that you and your hubby um, sold some of the business, yeah. and you looked at your bank account online, and you just watched, you know, uh, what happened in the afternoon, and then, then you realised, oh my goodness me, 
it looks like we've become financially independent probably for the rest of our lives yeah. um and then you went um uh, bought a house without a mortgage um uh and what did that feel like? What was that day like for you? So the funny thing is, when that happened, right, you kind of think about what it's going to be like. Oh, my God, it's going to change your life. But at that point, when we'd been building Quest, it'd been, you know, five, six years, we had pivoted from, um, you know, obviously just trying to grow the company to really embodying a mission, to mm. actually helping people. And so when our bank account changed, we hugged, we did a selfie, and then we're like, okay, let's go back to work. You on. Yeah, we didn't tell anyone. I told my dad, I told my family, you know, because obviously that was exciting but I told no no one would have guessed at work why because we so believe in our mission it's about how do you show up every day and you know I very much learned in the early days that money doesn't buy happiness and so you have to have that mission to propel you forward to get you excited to get you out of bed in the morning you did afford each other a sneaky smile at work though that day didn't you yeah, every time did. you passed each other oh, in yeah, the corridor yeah 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 little, it's like little wink like little wink I can't nod. believe it yeah. <laughs> We're doing all right. Yeah, Thank yeah. God for that. Yeah. But that's the thing is like the mission. Tie your heart to something that you believe in yeah. so strongly that even if you fail or succeed, it still fills your heart. That's yeah. the biggest key. Well, um, the words badass don't appear on the front cover, but this book is riven with that badass attitude. Oh. You're awesome. Thank you so You're much. You're an awesome person. This Thanks, is a, it's an awesome book. Lisa Bill, you. Radical Confidence, Tendo BS Lessons in Becoming the Hero of Your Own Life. Great to meet you. Thank you, you too, Chris. You're awesome. You've got to get this book in your life. All right, there we are. That was Lisa Bilyeu. If you like the cut of her jib, don't forget to rate and review this episode. And why not seek out more How to Wow Wisdom from the likes of Russell Brand, Pat Monaghan and Professor Katie Milkman. That's all, folks. Ta-ra. Sorry. Ta-da!